Welcome to Unpack the Pursuit, a podcast where we have real talk about change. Unpack the Pursuit is dedicated to helping us think differently about change and how we get to the places we so desperately want to go. Get ready for empowering tips and tools, lots of storytelling, and inspiring interviews. We are your hosts, Natalie and Molly. Let's unpack this. Hello. No. Where am I? Oh my god. Um, (laughs) Oh wait, start video. There we go. This is this is why I started recording before I let you in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, humiliating! It's month eight of quarantine. I still don't know how to use Zoom. (laughs) Dude, me neither, and I use it every day for work. See, I haven't been on a Zoom call in like four months. Yeah, are you going into work? Yeah, I go like into the office every day. To rent cars. Yeah. I'm putting my putting my life on the line to rent cars. I miss you. You look great. I love the turtleneck. Thanks. It's I'm supposed to wear button downs to work, but you know me. Like Yeah, no. I, I don't. You challenge the status quo. Yeah, but I'm also like the best salesperson at my office. So I'm like, if you want me to keep performing well, just let me do what I want to do. <laughs> it's also just a bunch of like straight white men. So when I do these like little antics, they don't really know how to respond without <laughs> like the number of times in the office. Like my my boss the other day was like, John, you're being a drama queen. And I was like, Kyle, that's a slur. Don't call me that. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and they're like, uh, okay, I'm I'm going to retreat, retreat, it's retreat. Too, it's too easy, but I don't know. It's, I found recently that I've been kind of like, feminizing up in the office you know because i'm just like why totally. not like if oh i have to gosh. be here all day like i'm gonna have fun and kind of do some little shenanigans while i'm here honestly they probably appreciate that energy like it's so boring and and stuffy in those kinds of offices sometimes it is so i have all these would we would you rather questions because i thought maybe we would need to loosen <laughs> up first but i feel like we're already warm <laughs> but i have a couple that are kind of funny so i'm gonna i'm gonna okay yeah up. Would you rather have to read aloud every word you read for the rest of your life or sing everything you say out loud? Like, even if I'm, like, reading, like, cooking instructions, I have to, like, read, read them it out loud. loud. Or I have to or sing everything, everything you say. say. Yes, exactly. Honestly, I feel like I already do the latter. So <laughs> I'm going to go with sing what I say, mostly because I find... I don't know, I feel like when I'm, like, with customers, if they're, like, being shitty, I'll just start humming to myself and then, like, whatever. <laughs> so, it, like, gets me out of my head. So, yeah, I'd rather sing everything. Yeah. It'd get probably annoying. But there are people that, like, you know, just, like, sing because I want people to compliment their voice. And they're like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, walking down the street. Like, I'm not one of those people. I just, like, singing suits me, you know? It's for me. It's not for you. I would say I would read everything aloud mm-hmm. also for me because if I sang everything aloud, I'd probably drive myself crazy. But you also, like, have podcast voice. Like, you are the perfect person to, like, read everything aloud because you articulate so well. Like, it's so clear. Whereas, like, I'm a mumbler, like, every day everyone's like, huh? Like, That's just so not yourself. true, but like, I'm going to I'm gonna take what I can get. <laughs> okay, would you rather randomly travel, time travel, plus or minus 20 years every time you fart, or teleport <laughs> to a different place on Earth, on land, not water, every time you sneeze? It's about that my first response is trying to think of, like, what part of my body I have more control over. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what I thought. Because I'm like, okay, if I fart myself 20 years into the past, I'm like, (laughs) how do I fart myself back? I feel like it's more inconvenient to have to go, like, 
forward or backwards in time. But then again, I feel like time also isn't real. So um, time also like, okay, I'm 20 years in the past. Like, so what? I feel like, you know, I'm going to do the farting thing. I feel like that would be fun. I also could just be the coy, like, I don't fart. So it wouldn't even impact my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I was going to say, I've had so much practice not farting in front of <laughs> people that I feel like I could control that part of my body yeah. more. So I would pick the farting one too. See, my concern is like, while I'm sleeping, I'm going to wake up in like <laughs> prehistoric era because of the fact that like there is no regulation. <laughs> Wait, that's a really good point. I forgot about the the sleeping farts. <laughs> but maybe that would keep my life like spicy. Like you wake up to like, I don't know, fucking cave times. Like that'd be interesting. Totally. And then you would just like let it rip next time because you'd be like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Okay. Like, okay oh. yeah, moving on. Okay. Wow. That was fun. I'm glad we did that. I was just like, you know, let's start off on like a funny foot. And of course, there has to be something about farts in there. Yeah. Horrified that this whole like in-depth emotional vulnerable lecture is about to start with a prerequisite on flatulence. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> would <laughs> it start any other way with us? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I want to remind our listeners who you are and if they haven't listened to our previous episode with you. So like, I don't know if you know this, but your episode, Vulnerability Through Art, is one of our most listened to episodes on the podcast. As it should be. As it should be. And I think like every time someone listens to it and reaches out to me, usually what they say is just, I didn't realize I was going to relate so much to the topic and that there was a lot of quotable pieces coming from it. So it's like, if you need something where you're like, yes, 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 that episode, you should just pause this right now and go listen to it. Vulnerability Through Art with John Walls. And John and I, we have a history together. We went on a gap year way back in the day. And yeah, so we're starting these different segments, quality time. We've done a few of them. And it's like these shorter segments where we just jam on a couple things. Is there anything you want to share with our listeners that they should know about you before we dive in? I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, really? Last time we talked, were you? I can't remember. Oh, I was. You're kind of like Last time we talked, I wasn't, but it's also been two people since then. So yeah. Oh, wow. This is juicy. It's been a year for me, but but I've learned a lot. It has. Yeah. But I I think if anything, it's those experiences are why I want to continue talking about this because the more I go through it, the more I like learn more about it. And that's always been important. I remember you went on our gap year. I flash back to this moment a lot. You and I were walking through India, like hand in hand. Wow. And so I was romantic. like, we were talking about dating. And I was like, I want to have a lot of like flings in college because I think I need to learn a lot. You know, two years through, I didn't have any. And then the last two years, I had like five. So I definitely think it is through those experiences I like kind of manifested a lot of that learning and growing and like growing pains and whatever. So you learned so much. Where should we start, John? Should we start with your relationship situation? Should we start with this new job? Should we start with your mom? Here's what I'll say on my job. I'm learning the lesson of like what I do from nine to five does not need to like define who I am or like define what makes me happy. I'm grateful that I have a job. First off that I graduated college and got a job pretty soon after during Mm -hmm. a pandemic. The job is what is allowing me like I'm moving to Seattle in three weeks. And the last time we talked, I was like writing music, like kind of learning all of that. I fully like have a music producer now in Seattle that like I find myself, you know, so it's my job. It's a means to an end. And, you know, I'm 23. I will have many means to an end in my life, you know. I think I've said that before where I wish we were more comfortable saying that about our jobs. 
I think we feel comfortable saying that about like a waitressing job. Like if we have a waitressing yeah. job to make ends meets between transition or something, then we're like, yeah, it's just a job. But then when you have, when you get this like official salary type gig, I think people feel, well, there's this pressure, external pressure to be like, yes, this is my passion. I feel so connected to the mission of the company. I'm going to be here forever, even if really all of that's not true. Yeah. Which is okay. It doesn't have to be true. It is okay. I'm really trying to learn how to just operate on like a happier wavelength and be like, oh, like you actually do get to kind of choose that feeling more often than you think you do. And so I'm like, yeah, even though I have this job and like I get it's customer service. So like I interact with a lot of horrible people. It is like, how do I just make this fun for myself? I have this deck of cards I found in one of the vehicles that I ran and it was like affirmations you can pull every day and like I pulled one and it was like everyone's a teacher like even the assholes teach you lessons so I was like this so of course I found this and a rental card to some horrible person I rented it to <laughs> like the universe works in mysterious ways you know it really does when we were chatting about things that we could jam on You mentioned high functioning anxiety and feeling like you like have this anxiety, but you feel that you can like go out in the world and be John and it's cool. And it's interesting because Jade, she just did a podcast on her experience with anxiety and how that infiltrated some of her relationships and her experiences. And then we actually just had a collegiate athlete who's no more, no longer a collegiate athlete on talking about how like anxiety eventually led to panic attacks and how like she's since been able to, you know, navigate that experience. Where, where are you at? I mean, the last time you and I were speaking like casually, I was really in a place where I was trying to decipher the difference between my anxiety and my intuition and thinking of like, I really don't know the line between these two. And is my intuition rooted in like actual present data I'm acquiring? Or is it just my fear of the past repeating itself? And I really couldn't figure it out. I'm in a place now where... I recently heard like a month ago for the first time, just the idea that you are not your thoughts, like you are not your feelings, like you and your thoughts are two very separate things. And I think I've really started embracing that. Honestly, meditating has helped a lot with my anxiety. And I never thought I was going to be someone that meditated. I was always like, fuck those hippie dippies. Like, I don't need to sit in a room silently for 10 minutes. That's not how my brain works whole notion of just like truly observing your thoughts and like not judging them has helped me a lot because I think what has led to a lot of panic attacks for me kind of like this other girl you were speaking of is I feel my anxiety and I automatically am like this is a bad feeling I want to stop feeling this and Mm -hmm. to like put that kind of shame on myself and like guilt myself for having a feeling is just it makes it exponentially worse. And that's when I find that I go down those rabbit holes, guilting myself into a feeling that I'm not even controlling, that like isn't even tethered to like me. It is just something that arises. And so nowadays I'll just feel an anxious thought and be like, oh, like let's kind of just let this happen. I'm not going to embrace it. I'm not going to deny it and it'll go away. And it has. My therapist has also recommended this syrup to me called Passion Flower you can get it on Amazon for like $8. It's called Passion Flower Extract. And it comes in a little vial. And I take it three times a day. And it's like literally for anxiety. You're supposed to like stir it in water. But I straight up just like shoot it like three times like, a day. like, get it in there. I'm literally, <laughs> I'm like chugging the bottle sometimes. But no dilution, please. <laughs> no dilution. She's recommended to me for a long time. And I just started taking it. And I 
made this thing to her where I was like, he recommended this to me for so long and I didn't listen. And part of me wonders if I like, if I wasn't ready to stop feeling this way, if I like wasn't ready to stop being anxious, I wasn't ready for those thoughts to go away because I was almost like dependent on being someone I was anxious because it became an excuse for me. Totally. I think another thing for me, I've been, my mom recommended this book to me called The Four Agreements that I've been reading. I'm like the last person in line to have read this because everyone <laughs> knows what this is but me. One of the agreements was the whole notion of like never assume anything and never take anything personally, which are two things that I am the fucking worst at because I'm a Leo and my ego like centers my life where I think everything is always about me. Even if it's a stranger, I'm always like, well, I must have done something or like this was directed at me. And that's never the case. It's just, you know, just because I'm the center of my world doesn't mean I'm the center of the world, unfortunately. Are you sure? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Don't say that to me because I will believe it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so true. That is, wait, what? So yeah, don't assume anything and don't take anything personally. I think a lot of people struggle with that. I struggle with that a lot at work. I feel like I can't take feedback or critique on my work without being like, you think I'm a terrible person. Ah." Or yeah, it's like definitely ego driven. And it's something about, yeah, kind of thinking that you're the center of what's happening when most cases you're kind of just like a pawn. I think I've learned like the vice versa of it as well. The same way that I've definitely experienced like people projecting their shit onto me and been really aware of it. Even when I'm aware of it, sometimes I forget that like, okay, well, it's still not about me. But then I also at a point now where I'm like, okay, well, I do the same thing to other people where I project. And I think for me, it's always been relationships is where most of my anxiety resides is what parts of like myself and my insecurities do I project onto someone else thinking I can be fixed or I can be like completed by someone or like X, Y, Z, you know, it is. Yeah. The whole like, I can't take anything personally. And I also can't project my personal baggage onto any external thing. It's hard to, I don't know, monitor all of that all the time. Sometimes it's just exhausting to be so aware of all the things, <laughs> you know, like, do I have to be self-aware all the time? And do I have to be aware of all the, all of the other people do? And do I have to just, do I have to do, do I have to be aware? Do I? I know. you're right it's it is the part of the journey so anxiety drink the serum read that book and observe your thoughts like are the three big things i would say for that you've got such a steve jobs look right now i love it this turtleneck i've had for like two years i'm never getting rid of this shit like i shouldn't the way it shapes if you could see my like biceps (laughs) if i wear this my ass pops like mm-mm, this isn't my permanent wardrobe. <laughs> wow, this is a great segue. Your ass popping and biceps into <laughs> dating at the same time as your mom in the same house as your mom because I actually really do want to hear about that experience. Yeah. You know, she and my dad got divorced last summer. I was home when that was happening, and then I was back at school in Florida, and she had very quickly found like a new partner that like I was really apprehensive of. Of course I was because I was 22 and I was like, who the fuck is this random guy coming into my home? That relationship ended a while ago, but that one definitely left like a bad taste in my mouth after that. And she and I had to have a lot, like the good thing about my mom is she's on the same wavelength as you and I were like, she also was very introspective and very like courteous and understanding and like wants to know people's intentions and people's feelings. And so we were able to have like open communication about all of that. It's been really cool recently because her therapist has encouraged her of like, you need to date a lot of people at once and like not get codependent on someone or not like 
feed all of your energy into one person. And so she literally has this journal of red flags that she's been keeping of like anytime a guy has done something obscure, she'll always like voice it to me or to like her sisters will be like, put it in the journal, put it in the journal. Like that's a red flag. <laughs> like You guys need to get like actual red flags that you like whip out <laughs> <laughs> on the christmas list for sure Literally. or like yeah something so like if a guy comes in the house i can just like subtly wave it in the back like <laughs> get him out get him out oh my god i think we're like definitely in a place now where it's like fun mm-hmm. but i think that's also just because you know our relationship as mother and son has morphed more into like we're peers now where like yeah. i'm like you're not my mother dating like you are a person that i love and support who i want to get love and support from wherever they need it so of course i encourage you to I seek it out whichever way. I am currently witnessing my mom fall in love, which I have never in my life done. And I don't think wow. a lot of people get to like witness like the nascence of your parent feeling that feeling. Right. You know, the whole idea that we as children learn so much about love from our caregivers, both in how their relationship was, their relationship with us, like how they gave love. And so witnessing that in my mom and seeing how it aligned so well with my own has been like alarming of what better therapy than to like actually observe how your parent deals with what I would consider to be like the human experience like why we're here the that like utmost feeling it's it's been really just like I don't even know what word to put on it holy I almost Mm want to say it's really interesting that shift now where I almost feel like I'm able to like advise her on like my experiences with courtship and love and you know because she's in a different generation than we are and Bumble was like it took her months to even like really figure out how that worked you know yeah I've really had to learn the whole like needs expression thing as a she you know, because this whole like mutual dating thing is happening. It is very like, okay, like we need, like there was one day when I was like, you cannot have someone over this day because I know I'm going to fall apart. But that's also something I have to learn in my relationships in general. So like what better person to trial it on than my mother, you know? Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's been really, it feels like I'm in some kind of like psychology experiment. <laughs> like it's, but it's really cool. Uh, one that's going really well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's going. I mean, it wasn't going well in the beginning with the first guy, but it's going yeah. ex- exceptionally well now, which is exciting. And what better way to like send myself off to like my first city that I'm living in than to like have this kind of experience with her has been a blessing. It's been amazing. I have a really close relationship with my mom too. So hearing you and in a way that feels like. S- it's obviously not the same as your yours, but in a way that like there were moments where I was in transition and living with my mom where we just were really close and got familiar with each other in that like human experience. And I think what is beautiful about cultivating that relationship now with your mom is that no matter what happens, I feel like you'll always feel like you have home with her. Not that that would ever go away. Like your mom always feels like home, I think. But in adulthood, when you're also an adult and your mother is still an adult and now it's different, it's not like that adult child relationship to be able to feel like you can go back and be home and like coexist with this human is, I don't know if everybody can say that, which is kind of cool. They can't. And like, I think that's something I became really aware of recently was just a lot of people don't have good relationships with their moms or their parents or have had moms that like did not present love to them well or like in a healthy way. And 
then they are now like kind of isolated in this world of having to figure it out on their own. And that's, you know, I have to count my blessings every day with that. That my mom, you know, is always like, please don't like, don't go. Like I'm sad you're leaving. And I'm like, I know. I'm gr- grateful that like, I have someone in my life that is like, no, please stay. Like I, I want you here, you know? I know. But then of course I'm like, fuck you I'm going on my own like <laughs> my mom used to always say this is kind of corny but my mom would always be like I raised you to leave me like that's what she would always <laughs> say and she was like I, I, for some reason I always picture like a bird's nest <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's true like parents like if they you know if they do it right they do raise you to leave them and so even though your mom's like sad she's also probably very 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 proud and happy for you and is very excited for oh, you yeah. to like take the leap because this is an exciting time. I always forget that you just graduated college and like are just now entering this new world. And I know you mentioned that you used to be afraid of it, but it's not that scary. And actually it's pretty, it's quite fun. (laughs) It's quite fun. And I also, I heard a phrase the other day of like, to be scared of something or to feel fear means you're not ready for it. I felt a lot of fear about being an adult and being free because I didn't know what I wanted to do with that like it's exactly like and now I'm in a place where I'm like oh no I know what I want to do and I'm fucking killing it like this I'm not afraid of this anymore it's only up from here John I just you know not to pump your tires even more but you know here we go (laughs) I don't think my head could get any bigger at this point (laughs) the thing is is you joke about having a big ego jump but I just don't if you had a big ego we wouldn't be friends that's the thing Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so just, you know, own it. You can, you can still be confident and not ha- not be an egomaniac, you know? Yeah. I think I think it's because I get a lot of shit about it. This is a topic for another day, but it's just, maybe it'll segue as well. I think I find that people, it's easy for people to project onto the fact that I am pretty self, like secure and like, and confident and like, I'm, or maybe it's, FZU's experience as well. I'm a pretty neutral person. Like I'm not really swayed emotionally very quickly. And I've gotten a lot of shit for that in my life. But I think I'm at a place now where I really see the benefit of it. So yeah, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. I think it'd be interesting to talk about ego and confidence and how those Mm. two live together and how they can be very separate things. And how I think people can like misinterpret one for the other. And how that's dangerous, especially for women, I think, and yeah, just for for honestly, for any person who's marginalized in some way, like because you have to be confident, and so then to like get like docked for being confident is like this whole thing. But it's interesting. This like sort of segued perfectly because we were talking about your mom and dating and everything. But last time we were on here, we talked about vulnerability through art and your relationship with love. As we wrap up, how has that sort of evolved, and where are you at now? I think I'm. <laughs> I think I'm, I've finally kind of caught up to myself where, you know, growing up gay and like closeted, I really wasn't exposed to a lot of dating from like zero to 20, basically. Like my first boyfriend was when I was, my first real boyfriend was when I was 21. And so it was like a lot of catching up when, you know, the rest of me was already way more mature, but like my romantic side was so like far behind me and it, I was so aware of it too. I think I'm finally in a place now where like now I'm, I mean, I'm not currently dating anyone. I do. I would still say I am very much in love with someone. And I'm really learning what it means to be like in love with someone that you're not currently with and how you can still support someone from afar. And like, 
I think that's what real love is. Like the love I have for like you or like my best friends of like, you're living your life and I support you 100%. I don't need you to be next to me the whole time. Like that's, 100%. that's, since you don't want to operate that way anymore. Yeah, I'm in a place now where I think I've just learned the lesson that all the love that I've been able to give to other people is an emotion I have access to at any second I choose to feel it. What that is is self-love and that I can always funnel that back into myself. And so I think that's been a really exciting thing for me. That I've honestly kind of just learned that like in the past few months of, you know, I was with this guy that I really still love and he is elsewhere now and um i may or may not be moving to where elsewhere is and Mm -hmm. an effort to like see what happens there but i'm also going for myself let me just put that in there too in case he listens to this this is for me but (laughs) um he won't i was really scared when that kind of separation happened because i don't think i wasn't i didn't feel like i was ready for it Mm -hmm. i think yeah i'm just i'm in this place now where it's like whatever love I think that I want, like I already have for Mm -hmm. myself, like from my family, like for my friends, my friend Derby and I have this like thing now where we're trying to imagine like, what would it be like if we centered our life on platonic love and not on romantic love? If that's the case, I'm already like, I've already succeeded at that. And like, there is no searching anymore. Um, I think I've been listening to a lot of Russell Brand recently and he had this really interesting quick like eight minute video on YouTube where he talked about how he thinks that people talk about finding their soulmate or that like higher love as if they're trying to like substitute that for the divine. I see a lot of people do that. And I've done that myself of trying to think some external thing, whether a person or like whatever could complete me, quote unquote, mm-hmm. when that's that's like it's not true. Like I am a complete person. Like here now and i think that's another thing and the whole self-love thing as you know as we've talked about being really introspective people i've really had to battle the whole idea of always trying to better myself through this like deep internal learning but to operate that way is to say that i'm not good enough now and there's a better version of me in the future when like that's not true me here john walls right now is good enough like is worthy enough i really just realized that in like the last three months because of the separation from this person where I was really kind of forced to like reevaluate how I operate as an individual. When you date, like when you're in relationships, you are just like two independent individual people that have kind of been like, okay, like, yeah, we have this goal together to support one another, but like, I cannot control you. You cannot control me. Like that yes. can never be the foundation of a relationship. Never. Yes. Just so, so much. Yes. To all of that. But the tail end there about control. I think a lot of people can benefit from hearing that. Like if you, if you feel any inkling to sort of try to manipulate or control a situation, don't, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Look in the mirror and give yourself some affirmations is what that means. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Some self-affirmation. Self-love is really hard and it's, it's also in always in flux. You know, there's a lot of factors Mm -hmm. in, in terms of that, but I think if you can always, if you can always see yourself as a complete person, the way you were just describing that, I think it's really hard to ever like go back and not see yourself as a complete person. Like once you really know that to be true, that is like a fundamental truth that can help you through almost anything. Yeah. It's a lot at this point. I just like catching up with you. Like this is, it kind of feels selfish that 
it's just me and you on here. And I'm going to like <laughs> publish this for the world to listen to our conversation because I think you're just an amazing person to just chat with. Oh, I love you. I love you too. I hope I can I get to see you soon. Oh, absolutely. You're going to come to my new apartment. Are you kidding me? Yes. Now that I Actually, can host Seattle, people. And do you know that Oliver and I are moving to Oakland? He's really? Yeah. Next summer. Angel signs. Yeah. Angel, Angel signs. signs. I know. So we're like going to be neighbors, basically. I mean, Oakland to Seattle. Give me a break. We'll do it any West day. West Coast, baby. Oh, my God. I know. So yeah, maybe there's more collab opportunities to come and they can be in person. I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> Dude, thank you for coming to our quality time. Oh, I, I'm supposed to ask. I was actually supposed to ask this at the beginning, but what's your favorite flavor of tea? Earl Grey. Earl Grey, baby. Okay, that's our flavor of tea today. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for coming on the show. And we'll see you soon, obviously. This is not the last time. 